You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is a divine appointment from Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 8. Good morning, church. Welcome to New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City again. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And um, this morning, um, we're going to take a look at the book of Acts. So as I already explained, um, this year we continue with the book of Acts and the book of Proverbs. We alternate between the two. And so this morning, we're going to uh, look at chapter 10, the book of Acts. And um, probably another year, um, we hope that we're going to finish uh, book of Acts, book of Proverbs in, um, I don't know, a year or so, uh, in two years. Uh, because each year we only can take about, you know, uh, maximum eight chapters. And so, um, and um, which we want to do this approach so that you have uh, solid food and not just, um, not just whatever available. It's like, it's like if you are a parent who so under, understand nutrition, you want to, uh, to uh, you know, to lay out the diet, you know, in a proper way, you know, with, with carb, with protein, with fiber, in the same way, you know. Uh, the Word of God is like the you know, living bread, the living uh, water. So we want to lay it out systematically for all of us to grow on the solid food and not on puree only. And that's for infant, there's a time need for just milk. Another time we need for solid food. Amen. All right, uh, chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with his, all his household, gave alms, mean charitable acts or charity, generously to the people, pray continually to God. Verse 3. About the night hour, which is about 3 p.m. of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him, the angel, in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And the angel said to him, Your prayers and your arms have ascended as memorial before God. And now sent men to Joppa, bring one Simon, who is called Peter. In verse 6, he is lodging with one Simon, another Simon named Atana, a guy who, uh, his career is doing the, what is Atana? Leather, yes. Doing, uh, he's kind of a leather man. Is it a, uh, we call it Tanner, right? Is there any other word? No, right? Leather man. Tanner, not somebody that the sun bathing and got ten, okay, All right? Uh, whose house is in by the sea? It has a physical location. It's beautiful. I was uh, I was there to see in Israel. It's it's beautiful kind of a, uh, site. And whose house by the sea? And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servant and a devout soldier, uh, because he was. Uh, he was, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call, was he a centurion, right? Is it uh, a centurion? So kind of a, a Roman's uh, kind of a, uh, um, uh, leaders of the, the Italian cohort. It's kind of a, a, a group fighting men. 
And, and so uh, he said this, uh, and when the angel spoke to him, he departed and also called to his servant. So he said, departed uh, and called his two servants and uh, a soldier among those who attended to him. And having related everything to them and sent them to Joppa. Uh, Joppa today is still kind of a, a port. Um, in the Old Testament, you probably remember as the port that, you know, God called uh, Jonah to, uh, uh, to go to Nineveh. He went there and he went the opposite direction. It's kind of a very uh, busy port. Uh, it's still used uh, today, but it's kind of minimal, I mean, in Israel. Um, it's beautiful port. I mean, nice seafood there. A nice gelato there. That's uh, just by the sea. Uh, and a beautiful port. It's still there. They have, a, they have an anchor there, kind of some memorial. They put it there as monument. And there's some, some kind of biblical, kind of, it's considered a biblical historical site uh, for of a country like Israel, uh, you know, Salat tourists and so on. And so uh, it, it's beautiful to see in this picture. But it's short passage. But today I want to bring out just two things. And my, ti- my, uh, my title, my sermon title, it will be a divine appointment. And as you read the story and the story unfold, you will see later on that this is the time that God used both this, um, uh, this uh, uh, Gentiles, uh, Italian, uh, kind of a centurion, and then the uh, uh, Simon Tanner and uh, Peter Simon uh, to bring in about something that very unusual for the Jew, uh, which is, of course, later you can read that, you know, a declaration of, you know, all food, you know, uh, is clean. Uh, because for the Jew, there will be in the Old Testament, the unclean food and the clean food. They need to follow strictly the diet. Uh, today, some uh, Jewish in Judaism, uh, they still follow the kosher, right? The kind of the, the diet. And, and of course, our, our brother Muslim will follow halal. Uh, it the way of you know killing all the uh, prepare the meat at espe- especially, uh, and so uh, so this is kind of um, uh, kind of in a way of um, watershed moment of uh, including the Gentiles, uh, because the gospel is supposed to be all creature, but at this moment that God of course through the Jew Jesus Christ Himself, the salvation came out of the Jews. Why the Jew? I have no idea. Why not the Vietnamese? Sometimes, why, why not the American? So just in case some of you are new here, Christianity is not American. Okay? Jesus is not American. Because some people that you're doing Christmas, people say, yeah, Jesus is from, you know, U.S. And, and that's Santa Claus from U.S., yes. But not Jesus. Jesus is the Jews, and out of the Jews is, you know, comes salvation. And, and why not other race? I, I have no idea. But God chose this race. Uh, uh, in the Old Testament, we call uh, the Israelite, right? Uh, the word, the term Jew is for other people to call them. Uh, of course, in the New Testament, we begin to use the word Jews. Because why? Because there will be a mixture of the Gentile, meaning the non-Israelite, uh, Romans and Greek and all others uh, race. And so they call the Israelite Jews. They don't, the, Jew, the, the Israelite don't call themselves Jews. All right. In the Old Testament, called Hebrews, uh, Israelite uh, and non-Israelite. Okay, so sometimes you don't kind of mix up that. And why in the world that people hate Jews? I also have no idea. <laughs> but I tell you because I think maybe out of jealousy and envy and so on. Um, even today, 
um, you know, around the world, Jews being hated for sometimes no reason. I have no why. Don't know why. Maybe they're so smart. All right. Maybe they they take uh, in most of the major industry, especially in the financial industry, and, and they they seem like to run a lot of you know economies, and so people doesn't seem to like them. I think. Uh, so, uh, but over the over history, uh, Jews been, you know, being cornered, being jammed, uh, being, and they they phys- physically located in um, uh, historically, uh, geographically speaking, uh, biblically speaking, is called the land in between. Uh, Israel is historically speaking is called the land in between, which means that they jammed by all enemies, uh, the non-Israelite. And they are, you know, they are, and this is the very reason that their God, the Lord Yahweh, has to be bigger than anything. It happened to the Old Testament. It happened in the New Testament. It continues to happen today. And so one thing, just in case you didn't know, uh, you, some of you asked, Pastor, are you support Israel or Palestine, right? Uh, neither, my answer. Because what we see today is the ancient Israel in the Old Testament is very different from the modern Israel today. I will support Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus must be the Savior of both. Jesus must be the Savior of the world. Jesus must be the Savior of both the Jews and the Greek and the barbarian and the Roman and the Gentile and the Vietnamese and all, and all the American, all the British, all the Filipinos, all the Indian is of the whole world. And that's the very reason that the gospel of Jesus Christ must be preached to all creation. It is um, sometimes a little bit, just within me, a bit trouble or kind of um, um, frustrated to see uh, someone who claimed to be Christian and still not fully understand the gospel. And uh, you don't need to wait for the world to, you know, uh, uh, to tell Christian we are racist. And that's a shame. Because Christian, that we must know, the gospel is for everyone. God used the Jews, the Israelites, to be the light to the world. Salt to the earth, they failed. So God opened the door for the Gentile to be added. Gentile meaning all people, non-Israelite, non-Jews. That you and me. Unless here some of you know that you have biologically Jewish. You're so welcome here. But I tell you, the gospel is for everyone. And this is the, the important moment in the book of Acts here that will bring all Gentiles, all kinds of people into God's kingdom and God's house. So a divine appointment, this is that God used somehow, somehow, a guy who are non-Jews, but God, the, the Bible describes him as God-fearing. And, and what? He prayed daily. He, gen, you know, he was generous to the people around him. And that somehow, it, it, the Bible describes as like memorial. It's like uh, in the Old Testament metaphor, we almost like, you know, a fragrant, you know, came up to heaven after the, the, the burnt offering. And that's so kind of like God sent the angel of the Lord 
to kind of tell him to do something that unusual for him too. He didn't know what happened, but he obeyed. He obeyed and sent men to meet another Simon and very specific GPS coordinate location. You know, another Simon Tanner by the sea. And that is still a physical location uh, today. Uh, whether exactly on that dot, we don't really know, but it's there. It was there and it's still here. And, 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 and so my point is this. In every day of our life, there are always divine appointments. But it took godliness and willingness for a divine appointment to happen. Of course, in God, His sovereignty, He orchestrated that, yes. But because He only orchestrated and used the godliness of a man and the willingness of a man. And later on, it's a group of men. It's a group of people of willingness to be part of God's story, to be part of God's arrangement. In that arrangement has appointment, meetings. A divine appointment usually in the Bible is characterized in this particular passage by two things, godliness and willingness. Because imagine this is even though that he he being righteous and godly in his way, but he heard very a shocking kind of a request, a vision, didn't know what happened. He say, you know, why well, should do what you know you angel of the Lord told me, but he he did it anyway. And there's no story about the one that you know he's gonna bring is Simon uh, Peter, but he did that. In fact. We talk about this in the foundation class. God always speaks. But the question is, are we listening? I mean, you and I know that every day we are listening to tons of information, tons of signal and frequency. It could be from our own parents. Could be from uh, text messages, uh, things we read online. The whole world bombarded with information. And if you and I don't learn how to filter out, how to be sensitive to God's voice, you and I are likely walk like people, blind people. You just try to do your own thing in your own eyes. And that's why sometimes we're disappointed, we frustrated, we get angry with ourselves, with others, because we don't understand God's timing. We don't know when it's divine appointment. And imagine this, that you every day you go out, you have an appointment with someone, whether the business appointment or just friend appointment. And one of you or both of you cannot make it. Sometimes you got disappointment, disappointed because you can't meet that person because you mess up your schedule. Sometimes I wonder, maybe because sometimes we do not have a divine appointment in our life, 
because we have many other appointments already. Are you still with me? Imagine Jesus being both, he, he washed his disciples' feet. He, he served his disciples, which mean, does mean that he just, you know, really loved them, died for them like us. And then he wants to schedule a slot. Can I meet you for 30 minutes? And some of us say, uh-uh, no, I don't have time for you. Just wait, I have other things that's important. Think about that. We're supposed to make an appointment with Jesus, right? If you want to get a job and the, the, the employer sent you, these are five slots of appointment, pick one. I mean, it's a nice employer, right? Otherwise, say, I only have one slot, come now, you get a job or you don't. I mean, if you don't get a job, you say, okay, I, I, I go. Thinking about this, thinking about Jesus is looking and waiting for each of us every day, morning, to have a conversation, to tell you something you want to hear for your life, to give you assignment as well. I mean, this is assignment that the centurion received from the angel of the Lord. I mean, we wish that say, oh, but pastor, I cannot hear the audible voice and see the angel like that. It's going to be wonderful if I hear that and I can do it immediately. No. Even God sent Jesus, his son, right into their face. They still deny him. They still don't want to do his will, his way. So even Jesus, I tell you, is going to sit here with us. We're going to be marvel and want to take a selfie and take a photo and eat it, we'll dine with him maybe for a week, for a month, but after that, become familiarized. I mean, I mean, I got a picture already. I posted on Facebook. It's got, it went viral. And then, what's next? I mean, you come here and sit and die with me. Just another man. Think about that. How important that Jesus in our life will tell you how godly you are. This man, without the vision before, this is daily routine. He pray daily. He read the scripture daily. The people know him as a God-fearing man. This is not himself saying, hey, I'm God-fearing man. The people, the, the Bible tells us he is a God-fearing man. Tell you this. You go into office, ask your friend, ask your neighbor, ask your most close friend, am I a God-fearing person? They will tell you. It may be hurtful, but they will tell the truth, perhaps. Godliness. Godliness. God-fearing. The next slide I want to bring uh, to point number one is godliness, God-fearing, being generosity. Generosity is, is God attribute because God being a generous God, merciful, graceful, you know, loving. And all of that attribute, which means that He gives. He's the giver, life giver. He gives generously. It is very um, contradictory when somebody said they are Christian but they're stingy. 
you know, because part of a God's character, godly character, you are generous. Which means that you just want to give. And, and the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than to even receive. Generosity. And this is also the personality, the character of the neighbor reported here, the disciple and the Holy Spirit recorded for us this text and say he's the one that really gives alms daily. He, he gives give. And he pray daily. It's part of his lifestyle. Not because of there is a program, this is a time of prayer. He probably went to the temple at that time, as I told you, uh, this is in the synagogue context. It began transition already into a church meeting underground. You know, because the Roman oppressed, persecuted the church. So they need to, to, to they, they, they fled and they meet from home to home to home. So it's kind of a home church already. But it's, it's still, there's a pocket of, of, of Jewish still, you know, they went to a synagogue. And, and so they begin to kind of emerge in the church, begin that, that the Jew, the Gentile, the Gentile maybe they have different temple, they worship different God. So begin the Gentile, after they hear the gospel, begin to, begin to add it in. And the first thing God, God wants them to be added in a way that He doesn't want to force them to follow the Old Testament law, the law of the clean food and unfood. So He prepare, invite them. You can come and you can eat pork. You come, if you kind of a snake eater, you can join us too. If those who like pet, no offense, but if you eat dog, you can come too. Right? Some of you are pet lovers, and they say, oh, how can I sit next to the person in the church that he eats dogs? What's the problem with that, according to the Bible? I mean, according to you, you might be offended. Are you still with me? But I don't say necessarily on the, for the record, I do not promote eating dogs, okay? <laughs> do not, eh? You want to eat? It's okay. Is it sin? No. Because we have to be biblically true. We cannot just culturally, oh yeah, you know, uh, barbarian eat dogs. I mean, the barbarian, I mean, the, the tri-eat-human being. We call it what? Cannibal. The gospel in part of this Asia I mean, during Paul time, no cannibal at that time, I think. Not sure the Viking, but I mean, they don't eat meat. But the, the gospel came to part of uh, the, the Central Asia and then the, the, Asia, the, down, the, the Southeast Asia. And then Indonesia is uh, Kori from, in case you didn't know, our worship leader came from the tribe called Batak. And they ate, they were, they were eating human. And they ate missionary sometimes. And that's how the gospel came to them. And they the first strike got saved. You understand that? The gospel came to the tribe. And they got saved first. That's in history. Not far from Australia, there's another island or country. It's Vanuatu. Vanuatu, yeah. Vanuatu, yeah. And also the tried the eating, you know, cannibal cannibalism. The gospel came and changed. The whole point of Jesus' death 
for the world. Be savior of the world. It means that he will include everyone who believes in his name, Jesus, to be saved and to be transformed from their barbarism, from their cannibalism, from their gentle tightness. They, they, they don't need to be circumcised physically. They don't need to change their diet. They can be included in God's place. Are you still with me? So in God's house, I will not set up a tray for halal, kosher, and then pot eater. But of course, in society, like country our next door, uh, Singapore, in food court, they need to set up different tray, corner, halal section, non-halal section, because they don't want the dish to be washed together with the pork fat or whatever, that non-halal. I mean, of course, on the point of governing country, you have to measure the size of the population, and then you have to make political adjustment to make people happy. But that's not the goal of the gospel. The gospel came in the country, and in a particular family, we set things straight. We put the truth down and we'll upset one way or the other. The gospel itself is offensive. Which means that this is the only Jesus that you must believe. And this Jesus will invite, I mean for the Jews, you'll be shocking. This Jesus will invite the non-circumcised Gentiles to be sit next to you. And they eat, they don't wash hands, and they're going to eat pork. And they're going to you know, not follow the Mosaic law anymore because they now are saved by the gospel. They are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus. And it be, imagine the Jew was like, it's very shocking. Godliness, godliness. I'm still thinking about, I'm reflecting on this and think, the reason I'm standing here, because somebody... 30 years ago, believed in a divine appointment that came all the way from somewhere in Scotland. And in the early of 90s, came in under as a teacher and um, just tried to teach English. And... Um, somehow put in connection with my dad, my, mom, my, my dad, and uh, he worked in a university today called, you know, Ho Chi Minh Open University, which is where, this is the university that my dad founded. And then uh, later on shared the gospel with me, the good news, on one, a few occasions. And then I came to know the Lord. Somebody believe in a divine appointment. A divine appointment was one side because I was blind, I was lost, I'm, I'm not saved, I'm, I, have, I don't know God, I didn't know God. And so he came that he believed that he, God was put him into contact with someone. And that's why he came. And all of that, he, after a few years, he invited to this church. At that time, our church 
um, not, uh, uh, did not welcome the Vietnamese uh, who do not have the foreign passport holder, meaning you have to be Vietnamese overseas. Uh, the reason being because uh, that's part of the unspoken regulation at that time from the authority. I mean, a place for foreigner to meet is okay, but not for the locals. So I was the outcast. <laughs> I was uh, not included. Um, but then someone there to make a divine appointment to arrange that Pastor Eric Dooley that time say, can I bring this Vietnamese in? Um, but, you know, not, not become like announcement or anything, but he just want to sit to the foundation class nine consecutive weeks and see how. And then the God changed me, transformed me, and the rest is history. Somebody believed in the divine appointment. But both the one who t took me there and the one who received me, they need to live a godly life in order to hear God's calling, in order to take a bold move. Both of them came to Vietnam because they love God, they love Vietnam, they love Vietnamese. They want the gospel to touch those who have been torn by the war. The American came, some of them came because came back to visit because they were veteran, they feel bad, they feel guilty about the war. And the first thing they want to see is war museum. Before the normalization with the US, you know what the museum called? No? The American Cram. Yeah. But after some diplomacy and normalization, they changed to war museum, which is nicer. Yeah. But the gospel is have to save all races and to be reconciled. I can't imagine why somebody said they believe in the gospel and they still have racial conflict and they claim themselves Christian. I got a friend, I mean, in a, a Bible a classmate in a seminary from one particular tribe in one particular country, um, you know, want to, um, want to kind of uh, getting married with another girl from a particular tribe and particular country. And they got, you know, in courtship for some time, but both parents, you know, refused because both of their tribe got hatred. They hate each other because they have history. And they, of course, they cannot overcome that. And they both claim it's Christian family and Christian generation, not just first generation, second, third, and fourth generation. How bizarre, biblically to me. A sad story, they, they broke up because they cannot um, stand for the gospel because they rather please their parents than they please for me. I, I told the guy kind of directly, but he said, sorry, I mean, I, I can't overcome that. Also, um, my girlfriend also, I mean, have to please his whole family. So they broke up because of race, hatred, 
tribal differences. So if some of us think that we are Christian and the gospel, and we still think that that people, these people, that's right, that's right, you have not fully understood the gospel. Godliness, God-fearing, generous, generosity, prayerfulness is the, the factor to make our life God to prepare for God's words. Remember, this Italian guy, the cohort, the, the centurion, he's, he, he, he did that every day, but then the moment that God used him as a divine appointment to, to bring another Simon, God's people as well, in each of our life, our daily life, there are many appointments, but the the, the, the question is whether you and I know that, whether you and I are ready for that. And come to my second point, willingness. Willingness. This guy has to be willing. Say, I mean, the distance is quite far. I don't know exactly how long, but it's quite far. And you have to send your resources and willingness to, you, you know, send men and willing to bring somebody that God told I never met. I, mean, I don't know what this guy is, but, I, you know, God told me, then I, I do it. And then, so yeah, the willingness to carry out God's will. This is because this is like direct request from the angel of the Lord. So, of course, he kind of fear and terror, but it's just like almost he cannot escape it as well. But I think he's powerful enough in a sense that because he, he's the centurion and he has under his, his soldier, he's under an army under him, he can say, No, I don't do it. You know, why? But he, he, he feels like this is God's will. I must carry it out. Because of his willingness is the byproduct of his godliness. A lot of people have being religious, but they're not willingly to follow God's command. They will do religion stuff, but not God's will. Are you still with me? Willingness. I mean, if you read the Bible, if you follow daily uh, plan of the Bible reading, right? And I, I, I encourage all of us to join the Bible reading plan. You know, you, you need, you need uh, to see others sharing, so it encourage you. You know, it's built momentum. Many things in life will not come naturally. You have to kind of, uh, you know, put a focus on intentional, and that's why how you grow. I mean, any other things that you put in your life, you want to study this, you want to master it, you put effort and you put your time in. But sometimes you say, I don't know God so much, I don't know the Bible because you don't have time for God and you don't have time for reading God's Word. I mean, if you want to ask a coach, how much time do I need, Pastor? 30 minutes a day. Reading in your own languages, 15 minutes. You can time it. Or max 20 if you're a slow reader. And then you have 10 minutes to just write a few reflections. 30 minutes a day of 24 hours. And you tell yourself and me or other, I don't have time. If that is you, repent. Willingness comes out of godliness. Willingness to carry out God's will. And he followed instruction. It's, I mean, we're in the reading of Genesis now. Abraham followed instruction. Some say, oh, blindly. Not blindly, faithfully. I mean, he believed, so he followed, and there he go. 
Same with this centurion guy. The question I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to follow God's will? But pastor, wait, what is God's will for me? Well, next slide. This is general will, okay, for everyone. It's in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to 24. Uh, the center of the underlying uh, sentence there, it is for the church, for everyone who believe in Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, this is not for you. So it's just very plain, right? So I don't ask anyone, oh, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, not sure Jesus is real. <coughs> Ignore this, yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah? You have to be a believer of Jesus in order to really convince that this is the will of God for you. Can I read for us? We ask you, brother and sister, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourself. Be at peace with among yourself, church. Uh, and we urge you, brother and sister, admonish the idol, the one that, that I mean, a, kind of a busybody, doing nothing. It's it, it almost equivalent on the edge of gossiper, like just, just, just want to gossip. Um, and uh, encourage the faint-hearted, uh, those who, who uh, you know, feel heartbroken, fainted, downtrodden, help the weak. The weak here can understand both spiritually weak and also physically weak as well. But the emphasis will be spiritual weak. Uh, the young, you know, just got saved maybe one week, one month, one year, uh, help each other. Um, uh, be patient with them all. I mean, this is over the last 10 years, one thing I learned about pastoral ministry is uh, patient. Yeah, uh, I mean, I tell you, none of us, we were born patient. I tell you, we were born impatient. Yeah, agree, amen? Come on, have a big amen. Yeah. Those who get married, you learn all the more. Yeah, so those who are single, don't think that you're going to escape that because sometimes you're impatient with yourself too. Yeah. Patient with them all. Verse 15, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Do not retaliate. Uh, that remind me, we got a, uh, um, uh, just tell you a story. We have a basketball, um, kind of a quote-unquote ministry, kind of an outreach on Wednesday night at the court of the Midtown uh, near the, um, uh, the, uh, the, to the Japanese school and international school there, uh, the Korean Taipei there. Uh, and uh, we put out the court and uh, we bought it, we placed it there. But some of the kids, they, 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 I mean, they just, you know, they broke it and, uh, just for fun. And so I, I, uh, I want to send out the message and try to stick her there. And, you know, but then I, uh, later on, I think you know, maybe they don't going to read it. So I just have to find a new way to make the you know, basketball court, you know, nicer. So we, I put it a new, created, you know, a, a removable hoops so now wednesday we go we're gonna put in a hoop we finish we you know we take it out so during the week they need to learn the lesson they need to feel the pain a little bit yeah but after this i will tell them whoever want to play 
can come and take the hook. Yeah? But you mean that you're responsible for what you take, you mean you're going to return it. This is kind of communication. You know, public education is, is a daunting task. You know, to educate a class is easy. To educate a population is tough. To make disciple of all nations is the greatest call. I mean, it's tough to make disciple of all nations. Think about that. I mean, to teach a class a size of 100 is still like, you know, it's manageable. But disciple of all nations is the task of the impossible. Only by God's strength and by God's grace and by God's providence that you and I are called to do that. The impossible. Pray without ceasing. I mean, we talk about, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. I mean, we try to do good to the community. They don't like it. They don't appreciate it. We keep doing it. <laughs> um, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The important phrase is in Christ Jesus because without in Christ Jesus some people doing their own will in the name of God that are a lot of people they want to do their will but in the name of God this is clearly said that you and I unless you and I are in Christ and really saved and know Christ there's no way for you and I to do God's will because that's the human strength and it will fail. But in Christ, we have Christ's strength. Therefore, we are able to carry out His will. And because of godliness, because our time spent with the Word and with the Lord, and therefore we have both the ability and the capacity and the willingness to carry out God's will. A divine appointment it's not for a special person, but it is for someone who desires to live a godly life, who are willingly to follow God's will. Are you still with me? And then the rest is also part of that sentence. You see, do not quench your spirit. Those, uh, we don't have time to deal with it. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from Every form of evil, abstain from any form of evil. Well, you need to know the Word of God is to know what is evil, what is wicked, and what is good. Are you still with me? I want you to just kind of um, spend a couple minutes on this. Just thinking how you, you, not the person next to you, are going to carry out God's will. What is God's specific and general will for you? Think about that. Life, is, life on earth is short. And there's a reason for a season that we are living here. Let's just spend a couple of minutes with the Lord.
Lord Jesus, there might be a question that how are we going to know your will? All of us, maybe from time to time, we ask, how I am going to know God's will for me, for my life, for this stage of my life, perhaps for my job, for my career, for family, location where I live, and what about everything in life? And Lord, sometimes you will give a very specific will for each of us. But one thing is clear, we need to be close with you. We need to be close and it's like an intimate talk, intimate friend, talk to each other every day. Over a table of, of, of breakfast, lunch and dinner, it's just to be very close. It's like when we get close to each other, we know each other well, we know the way how things work. How are we going to know you if we're not going to read your word? We're not going to reflect and digest over that one. Every day we digest a lot of junk. And not the holy, sacred text, the Bible, the scripture, the logos. And how can we be able to understand, how we have the rhema to understand the inside of your word? If we are like the blind, spiritual blind walk and try to hit everything, hopefully there will be luck. Oh, help us, Lord, Lord. Help us to be rooted in the gospel, the good news. If this life is not about the good news, the gospel, then what is it? For our promotion, career path, Successful? What is it? If our life is not about sanctification and being holy like you, then what is it? To be sinful? To live the way that we want? It is your way or our way? Is it your will or our will? How on earth we can Understand and know exactly what your will, general will, and specific will was. And each of us are unique, so you will answer each of us in a unique way. But one thing is common as we get together that has to be word based, has to be scripture based. And that's why we need to know your word. That's why we need to read daily. Daily? Yeah, we eat daily. Reading God's words daily? Yeah. We eat daily. Writing reflection daily? Yeah, daily. Because we type the text daily to friends, to colleagues. Is our stomach working? We eat daily and we still can digest? Oh, is that too much for reading God's Word daily? With God's Word, nothing is too much. It's the food for our souls. It's the amino acid for our brain. It's the air. 
There are lung needs. It's like the detergent, the soap that wash our hand daily. Circumcise our heart. Cleanse our heart. Brainwash our mind to be more a mind of Christ. To be like, have the feet of Jesus. Carry out the gospel, God's will. To include others, people who are not like us. Include other race, other people who are different. To be in the gospel, in the kingdom of God. Willingness to see other people eat things that we do not normally, normally like. But we accept them because the whole goal is the gospel, not the food, not the culture, the gospel. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.